Hello. Did you miss us? Sorry we've been away so long. Um, it is entirely my fault. Basically, what has happened is we have been recording Dungeons and Dragons and Doctor Who discussions for ages now. And we've been releasing them and editing them for Harrogate Community Radio. What happened was we got a little bit behind because the podcast edit is a little different to the radio edit, or at least that was the plan. Unfortunately, we got a little bit behind with the podcast edit, and then somehow in lockdown, all the files got mixed up and the audio was all over the place. So we weren't able to come up with a properly edited podcast version. And the longer that went on, the harder it was to get that sorted. So there you go. What we have for you this week is an interview with Gareth and Josh from the Dead Northern Film Festival, which is a horror film festival happening over October Halloween weekend. October Halloween weekend? When is Halloween? Not in October. It's happening over Halloween weekend in Harrogate. And uh, it's quite a short interview, 45 minutes. There really wasn't much more for us to discuss. Uh, The actual interview did go on for longer than that, but most of the rest of what we discussed was not really appropriate to broadcast because it was stuff that they would have done had the festival not been taking place during a time of plague and pestilence. And they're probably going to do most of those things next year or the year after or whenever we can finally emerge from these COVID times. And so I don't want to include any spoilers. So we, I, I did cut a lot out. So the interview itself is about 45 minutes, and uh, we're doing that this week. Right now, as I record this, I'm actually sitting in my car uh, somewhere in the Highlands, and one of the things I'm doing while I'm away for two weeks is getting the audio sorted. So there'll be no Geeks at the Gates on the podcast feed next week. Following that, we should be absolutely back on a weekly schedule, because I absolutely should have got all the D&D and all the Doctor Who content sorted, re-edited, remastered, and ready for podcast. And we've got such a bank of that now, I don't think we're going to miss a gig to the gate ever again. Uh, so, enough of my wibble-wobble. It's time to hear about Dead Northern. Welcome back to the Geeks of the Gates. We have an interview episode for you this week. I am joined by Paul Humphreys and Josh Lawson from the Dead Northern Festival. And um, we're going to explore everything about the North's finest horror film festival. Uh, So, hello, Paul. Okay. Um, I'm just going to interrupt myself here for a second because I am an idiot. One of the problems is working over Zoom is that the name of the person you're talking to pops up at the bottom of the little window where you can see the person you're talking to, which is great for people like me who have terrible memories of names. What is not so great is that sometimes the name of the person you're talking to isn't the name of the person that's displayed on the screen. For example, during this recording, I was using my wife's Zoom login, uh, which means that It was identifying me as somebody called Elizabeth. The person I've 
just introduced as Paul may sound a little bit hesitant before he says hello, and there's a reason for that. It's because his name's not Paul. It's Gareth. Later on in the recording, I will realise this, and I will start calling him by his actual real name. When I do that, please don't imagine that somebody else has joined the conversation. It's just me getting Gareth's name right. So for now, if you hear somebody talking about Paul, it's actually Gareth. And what's delightful about this is that Josh, who works with Gareth, also called him Paul a couple of times. So I don't know whether he's humouring me or making the same error. I'm assuming they were humouring me because they're lovely people. But that one's on me. So yes, idiot. I am. Anyway, let's get back. Uh, yeah. And hello, Josh. Hello. Welcome and thanks for joining us. So, I guess the first question has to be, dead northern. What's that then? Gareth, uh, do you want to... These questions don't get cleverer, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, where to start? Um, it, it's a horror film festival, um, which main USP is putting the festival into the film festival. Um, so mm. our sort of main objective is to not just only have the films, but it's to have a lot of theatrics and a lot of fun. And um, it was to have a, a few parties involved, which uh, is uh, not quite gone to plan this year. Yeah, sadly not. So when you say it's a horror film festival, what, what kind of films are we talking here? Are we talking, is it just mainstream films? Um, are we going to be treated to Saw 15 or are we going a little bit more esoteric than that? Yeah, it's it's kind of going to be the full selection, really. So hopefully there'll be there'll be something for everyone. There's a selection of sort of independent films which have been submitted through Film Freeway, which is a platform we use for sort of new independents that are kind of up and coming and new filmmakers to submit to us. And we have a judging panel, and there's been over 40 films selected for this year, which will be sort of brand new and on the festival circuit. Um, on top of that as well, for the evenings, we're going to have more kind of traditional classic movies like the 80s classic Poltergeist to sort of round off Friday night, which would be great. And a couple of UK premieres as well. We're going to be one of the only cinemas, I think, in the country showing Host, which was picked up by Shudder earlier this year. And that is a, a horror movie that was filmed completely on Zoom over lockdown, which is brilliant. Just under, That's just under very a lot this year. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, no, it's going to be a full selection of hopefully something for everyone. So you're, you're based in Harrogate? Yes. Which is so, becoming, a, becoming a town for conventions and festivals and things. It's kind of cool. Uh, so whereabouts in Harrogate are you actually based? So the, the main event over Halloween weekend is going to be at the Crown Hotel. Okay. Um, so we're taking over there what is the, the old Vic room, it's called. So it's an old Victorian ballroom, supposedly haunted. I think Gareth's got a couple of stories from when he was working in there last year where he got sort of spooked out and stuff so usually would fit about 400 people but as we're doing sort of social distancing and following the kind of full cinema rules for COVID-19 we can fit about sort of 100 people in there hopefully this year so. Okay and I suppose I mean COVID-19 is the elephant in the room I guess uh, how much of an impact has that actually had? Yeah so um this year, we were hoping to be um, sort of a full week long and to be across multiple venues in the town and very much like, as Gareth says, we're putting the festival into, into the film festival and having much more of a kind of part, sort of a party and a social element to the festival. 
we've had to scale that back a little bit. And there's certain things you sort of, of course, can't can and can't do it under the COVID-19 regulations. So thankfully, the, the latest regs mean that cinemas can still run past 10 p.m. despite obviously pubs and, and, and clubs and everything closing at 10 p.m. and stopping serving. Uh, so that's been great to kind of keep our full schedule in. But uh, but yeah, we we can't have the uh, the big party we planned on having having on the uh, the Saturday night, which is a bit of a shame. Yeah, yeah, it is. Although you know, fair play to you for um, finding a way to carry on. A lot of things just haven't this year. Yeah, there's an awful lot of events and conventions and festivals and things that have had to cancel. So you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's it's impressive that you've managed to find a way to to do at least some some form of what you had planned exactly yeah i think um the numbers obviously won't be as as much as we planned you know you think about stuff like um what would have happened at the co- the the, the comic con and what was happening at the convention center around this time as well what was going to happen this year that's all been cancelled because that's that's literally thousands of people but luckily because because of the scale of our projects you know we can we can still still do something and you know make, make it happen and give an experience to people which i think will be will be fantastic yeah. Yeah, I think I think so. And it's as I say, it's just nice that something is happening. Um, yeah, we'll, obviously, we'll need something this year. <laughs> obviously, I come from a comics background and um, Thought Bubble not happening this year, or at least not physically happening. It's going to be online. But, uh, you know, that was that was a, a tough pill to swallow. I've got to be honest, although the venue is currently a hospital, so there's no way. But, you know, it's um, so. Obviously, that's the plans for this year, but this isn't the first year of the festival. I guess there are two questions. How did this whole festival thing get started? What got you two involved? And why Harrogate? Because, you know, I mean, I love the place. I've lived here a long time. Um, but it's it's not a place that immediately says, oh, I know where we'll hold a horror festival. Um, it it might not have been many people's first choices so you know what what made you think here well initially the whole concept came about that um, me Josh and Rick are members of the Harrogate Roundtable and Josh was the chairman for the uh, beer festival a few years ago and uh, after the beer festival had finished and we sat down with yet another pint, but this one a little bit less under pressure because it was just a, the festival was done and we were just sitting there discussing what, what we'd done. We we just sort of realised that everything had gone really smoothly. It worked really well. And as a team of people, even as volunteers for the beer festival, we worked really well together. And uh, so we said, well, you know, let, let's do something else. That worked really well. Let's, what are we all interested in? Um, and you know, it turned out that we were all interested in horror. Um, I've got experience with the horror film festivals, um, knowing Ian and Paul um, from Fright Fest down in London um, for many, many years. And um, it's like you know, I've got some connections there with with the industry. Rick um, runs FTAV um, and has got expert in um, sound and audio um, and uh, Josh is an accountant so he knows how to do the, <laughs> the money side of things so we just said yeah you know, we've all got this shared interest in horror uh, let's give it a go and um, last year we were up at West Park Church uh, which was just a beautiful venue would have loved to have gone back this year uh, unfortunately 
being a church, they were very happy for us to put on the festival and we had a big um, banquet in there. And uh, yeah, it was an amazing night, but it did limit us in what films we could show. They, they were pretty accommodating in what we could do, but they weren't interested in letting us do anything with any sort of religious undertones or um, anything particularly um, spooky. So any sort of movies with um, a Ouija board in, for example, they weren't interested in, which... Um, although we weren't planning on showing any movies like that this year, it did kind of, um, it, it limits what we wanted, what sure. we could do. Yeah, yeah. So, and and um, there was only so much room that we could fit in there as well. So, I mean, it's definitely a venue we'd love to go back and uh, use again, because I say it was an amazing place. But yeah, so we've moved up to, to the Crown this year um, and perhaps a few other venues around town as well. But with the idea of it being in Harrogate, um, well, like you mentioned before, Harrogate's uh, known for its conferences. We've got a huge conference centre here. Obviously, it's being used as a Nightingale Hospital at the moment. But, um, you know, history of big events goes way back in Harrogate. And it was kind of uh, a, a, an idea to maybe start bringing some bigger festivals back here. Our, our idea is to grow and make the festival beyond us we want to get everybody in town involved um and the long game is that people that are into horror will, in 10 years time will look at Harrow and go oh you know let's book a weekend there because there's stuff going on everywhere and um yeah that, that's that's the plan going forward but and mostly because we live here and we love the place yeah yeah that makes perfect sense yeah so how do you go about because obviously you know you were saying you are you're you're curating a range of films trying to get something for everybody how do you actually go about making that selection i mean mean, for a start where do you find the more obscure films because you know anyone can go to hmv and buy a dvd of night of the living dead or whatever but presumably there are going to be films at the festival that people wouldn't find any other way so so how do you find those films? Yeah, so um, the, the platform we use, which is sort of uh, the platform that everyone uses really around the world, is called Film Freeway. So uh, we're, we're registered on there and filmmakers, it doesn't matter whether you're a student and this is the first film you've ever made, you can go on there and register your film and then and apply for our festival. And as Gareth said, we've had sort of over you know, hundreds of submissions to, to, to get through over the last three months, which has been great for our little festival and we've had a, a lot of Friday nights of kind of sitting in front of a big screen and, and going through you know 20 horror movies in one night depending on how long they are uh, which has been great fun and it's yeah we we made really early doors we sort of agreed on you know some some factors that were really important to us for the festival in terms of getting a selection of student films you know people who were up and coming low budget to high budget um, kind of international submissions so getting a real good range of people from all over the world and different takes on the genre as well which has been really fun to do quite time consuming probably more so than we thought it was going to be because you know as a as the second year of the festival we it was no way we could expect out so many submissions that we had but um but but yeah no it's been it's been fantastic to to be able to choose from and i'm sad for a lot that we couldn't show as well because you know there's only so much time we have this year but you know if we had a week or two weeks we'd be showing you know twice as many films so I guess that means you've already got a short list or even a long list of films that you can't show this year that you'll hope to show next year? Yes, or as well as, you know, depending on what happens with, with COVID, hopefully doing an event before next year comes around as well. 
we did uh, did an event at Colbath Brewery for Valentine's Day, uh, a showing of uh, the, the the classic Hitchcock Psycho, which which is terribly Hitchcock, romantic, as I recall. Exactly, yeah, <laughs> it's just a love story at the base of it, really. <laughs> so no, and doing pop up events like that around Harrogate, there's so many cool venues. You know, we we when we started the project, we were sort of rotting our brains of all the cool kind of Victorian venues around Harrogate where you could do quirky nights of you know any genre and you can kind of you know there's so many cool places to do it yeah i suppose that is something about harrogate we we're not short of really interesting places to do stuff there's, exactly. there's a lot of of sort of georgian and victorian architecture around the place that um, does kind of lend itself to uh, to that kind of to that kind of thing so i guess you've got a firm list of what you're showing now do you have anything that you'd consider a headliner? You know, the sort of the big centerpiece, or is it more a... a it's a good a question. Sort of I think the, the ones that have been much more difficult to get hold of, um, like Host, which, um, you know, with it being, uh, it's owned by Shudder and it's sort of an exclusive to them and it's it's current, it's this year and it's it's kind of the big horror film of the year so far. And we're speaking to um, Rob Savage, who directed that we're interviewing on Friday as sort of to go with the uh, with the movie screening, a bit of an interview around the film. And he's he's just been sort of green-lighted two projects with Bloomhouse, which are the biggest, you know, horror movie making film house in the world at the moment, really. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's great to really be at the, the front of that and to be showing a film of potentially what's going to be one of the biggest directors of the next sort of 10 years. Yeah, and you, you, you've also sort of slightly answered my next question, which was going to be, obviously you've got films because you're a film festival, the clues in the name, <laughs> but presumably it's not just showing films. There are other events going on. So, you, so you're inter- you've got the interview with that director. Is there anything else going on with guests? or? Yeah, so I think Gareth will be able to tell you a bit more about, but so originally we planned for the the Friday to be really kind of a paranormal evening. So we were going to start off with a, with a family friendly film, Ghostbusters, to kind of to start the evening off. And then we are working with a guy called Paul Forster, who's um, like an illusionist kind of does seances and all this kind of amazing kind of uh, shows, which he'd been doing at the Crown prior to COVID obviously happening. Um, what we had planned or what Paul had planned was to do a ghost walk for that evening. So you go watch the first first movie and then you come to the crown and then we can do a ghost walk around Harrogate, which he got some amazing stories from from Harrogate's past to kind of build this amazing ghost walk. Um, and we sort of had to change that up slightly because of the new COVID rules. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, Gareth will be able to tell you a little bit more about that. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't want to divulge into too many details with it, but... Um, but yeah, it's something that we're going to um, speak and work with Paul and uh, press ahead with as well. I think it's something Paul wants to do uh, regularly. As uh, Josh mentioned a moment ago, um, this, the festival isn't just about um, Halloween. For us, it'll be our main event, but the idea is to have lots of pop-up events going on throughout the uh, throughout the evening, uh, throughout the year, sorry. Um, but going back to the, the ghost walk, yeah, the idea was is that you'd finish a ghost walk, you'd come in and then there'd be yeah, a live seance or some sort of spookiness going on within the hotel. Um, and then that would lead straight into the next movie. Um, and there are a few other little ideas that we've got that um, I want to sort of keep a secret just uh, so there'll be more of a surprise when the event's going on. Um, and um, working on a few more interviews with directors and actors and actresses through, from the movies as well. Um, hopefully we can get some of the local movie um, 
directors and actors and actresses over for the festival as well. Um, so they hopefully they'll be milling around, although obviously we need to abide by the rules so it won't be the same um, as you would at a normal festival where you can wander up and get autographs and uh, buy people a drink. Um, so we're going to look into that and work out how that works. But Yeah, sounds great. Because I think that's... That's kind of the essence. That's that's what makes a film festival special, I think, or any kind of festival or convention. It's the the ability to interact not just with other fans, but with the people who actually make the stuff you love. You know, as I say, I I I come from a comics background, and that's certainly what appeals to me about comics conventions. Is you know you you can wander into the bar at any comics convention and find, you know, the guy who writes Spider-Man sitting over there, you know, the guy who draws Batman sitting over there and the guy who created the Watchmen is sitting over there, you know, and it's, it, it's that ability to, to be in the same space as, as your heroes, as the people who, who make the stuff. Uh, so it's, it's great that you've got that ability, you know, even, I mean, obviously COVID makes that less easy this year. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, we're hoping to have a few uh, kind of guests from the US this year, which obviously we can't do at the moment. But yeah, I think it, we, we were really surprised being sort of a young festival, how, I mean, the horror community is amazing. They sort of welcome you with open arms. It doesn't matter whether, you know, you're John Carpenter or you're brand new on the scene and you've just made a, you know, a five minute horror short. Uh, everyone is really nice to each other and you know is happy to get involved and wants to get involved in whatever's going on in the kind of horror community which is amazing yeah yeah i don't it's there's something about horror that yeah it's it's weird to an outsider i guess because you know if you talk to somebody who's not a fan of the genre you know you wouldn't immediately associate words like friendly supportive and community with horror as a genre but it it really is isn't it it's a like i guess like a lot of minority um is it fair to call it a minority genre yeah i I guess i think i think it probably is isn't it um yeah it's it, it is a place where all that really matters is that you're one of us and if you're one of us, then you're one of us. It doesn't matter if you're immensely famous or just starting out. It's it's the fact that you're here that counts. And uh, and that does make for a very friendly community kind of... Oh, definitely. And that's what helps um, with the social side of it as well. You know, we could have a, a film festival where everybody just comes along, watches a movie and then just goes home. But because the community is so friendly and um, just loves to interact with each other, you know, it's one... A bit like uh, the comic industry, people love to get dressed up, and uh, you know, there's a lot of theatrics involved in just just turning up. Basically, everybody's got their favourite movies, and there's just so much to talk about. And um, yeah, that's what makes it. I wouldn't say easy, but easier for us to organise this big mm. social event where you know everybody's going to get on anyway, and mm. you're just going to have this range of. You know, I mean, what what is a horror fan? Um, you know, you're gonna get people wandering in straight from work in their suit and tie to sit down and watch the movie. Um, and then, you know, we could have people coming over from Whitby from the goth stuff that's going off over there, and have people dressed like goths wandering around. You know, it's the, the range of people that are into horror. I, I guess as a genre, it just uh, it's so vast as well, isn't it? You know, you yeah, can go from features to yeah. much more grounded movies. Yeah, I mean, it is interesting, actually, just how broad horror is as a genre. I 
I think the only genre I can think of that's as broad is science fiction. Yeah. Possibly for the same reason, because, you know, you've got everything from, you know, straight up comedies like Shaun of the Dead. You've got sort of techno thrillers. You've got the sort of Walking Dead zombie kind of thing. You, the, there's so many different flavors of vampire movie. Okay. And it's 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 almost so broad that I wonder if it's actually difficult sometimes to decide, hang on, is do we count this? It's got vampires in it, but they're sparkly. Is is this a horror movie? Or, you know, ha, is there a point where the lines get a little bit blurred and you kind of think, do we want this? Oh, Does this fit? Oh, definitely. Um, and me, Josh and Rick have sat down when we were going through the submissions um, and... Um, yeah, there were some movies that were right on that edge where we were saying, you know, is it fair to put this one in? Is it not fair? Uh, but, yeah, you know, the, we loved them so much that we actually decided to. I'm not going to name which movie it is, but, but yeah, it's uh, you're right. It's Because it's so vast, it, you know, the lines get a little bit blurry at the edges, don't they? Yeah, it's like, like you were saying about The Walking Dead. It's kind of, well, that's about the end of the world and it's kind of more about people than it is about zombies and how and how they kind of get on post you know post the end of the world i guess yeah yeah because i mean you, you could argue that the walking dead is basically a soap opera oh definitely it, you know it's a hor- it's a soap opera with zombies in it but it is just a soap opera interestingly um, enough i've managed to convince people who i know hate horror to watch the walking dead because of it being a soap opera and being about mm-hmm. people who are now huge fans of, of the show yeah um, I've got to be honest, I've never got past the third episode of season two. Um, not because I don't like it, just because other stuff I want to watch keeps coming up. It's bizarre. And I read the comics, so there's a bit of me that kind of goes, well, I sort of know what happens. I think I've got one of your comics up on the wall behind me there. Like, oh, wow. That's awesome. I'm genuinely impressed. There's some um, signed artwork up on the wall up there as well. Nice. <laughs> the uh, people listening will be able to see that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've got a fair few comics that I think have come from your comic book shop. Well, I'm all in favour of that. <laughs> yeah, I thought you might be. <laughs> well, I don't doubt there'll be more. So I've got a few more ideas and things that I need to uh, get on there. I love to surf. I'm always here. So, obviously, you're, you're curating a, um, I was going to say playlist. I don't really mean playlist. A programme, I think is the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and... The festival's not going to be as big as you'd hoped because it's 2020 and, you know, actually, it's a really appropriate year to hold a horror festival, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it's pretty perfect, really. <laughs> um, so how difficult has it been to take your list of films that you wanted to show and cut it down to the number of films we've got time for? And was there a, a criteria in that, or did it, in the end, just come down to what you liked? Yeah, so so we had like um, we all fill out a form kind of and give various things a score from one to ten. So we kind of had a by numbers our favourites, if you like, mm-hmm. and we could rank by that. But then there's also there's there was maybe I guess three or four that we all had in mind that were kind of secret favourites of ours, and it's like no, we really want to include those. I don't care that you guys thought they weren't going to make the cut. I really want to show that because I'm just going to enjoy it, even if just I'm going to sit and by myself and watch it. See, so yeah, it was really difficult the last couple of weeks because we've just 
only notified all the submitters of who's got through to the official selection. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's been sort of really down to the wire. Me and Gareth really kind of uh, a few late nights and, and, and having to make some tough decisions. But as you say, you know, it's not to say that we won't use these films for, for other projects and for other, other nights that we do in the future. So at least we've got them now and we know they're there. Yeah. And actually, I think there's a lot to be said for having those films that, yeah, it's there because I like it. Because if, if any, something that's coming through to me is that this, is, this festival is kind of a passion project for, oh, all, of, for, for sure. all of the people involved. So it makes sense that you prioritise the films that you're passionate about. I guess that's what makes a festival like this special is that, you know, there's that personal element to it that, you know, it is, this is very much the passion and the spirit of the people who have come together to make it happen. Oh, definitely. And ultimately, you know, when we can put a lot of the bigger themed parties and stuff on uh, that we want to, it is very much going to be uh, come along and to, to these big personal parties of varying scales and on what we can we can and can't do. But yeah, that's that's our whole USP is putting the festival into the film festival and, and making it this personal weekend where you come with your friends or you come to make friends or you come to see that friend that you see once a year because yeah. they're from parts of the country. And, you know, I'm guessing that's the same as the comic book um, festivals that you mentioned before. Very much, yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've been going to comic festivals now for 25 years, more. Oh, God, more. Uh, and it is very much that. I've got, I've got friends that I've known for a quarter of a century that I've met maybe 20, 25 times because we meet every year. And every year we meet, it's like, We've not been away apart for a year. Yes, yeah, strange um, how that happens, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's, it's great. It's it's one of the, the great things about belonging to a fandom like that. Yeah, you know, it it becomes a community of people, and uh, there's there's something very very special about that. And it's one of the reasons that 2020 has sucked quite so much because I'm not getting to see my friends this year, and I don't like that. No, but, no, yeah, and it, with all the virtual events as well, and there's been loads of fantastically well done virtual events it just doesn't quite have the same thing yeah it isn't it's better than nothing but it's not quite the same absolutely uh which is why i am so pleased that you guys are able to um to actually physically do the thing even if it's a strange (laughs) (laughs) well yeah okay yeah i'm touching wood as i'm speaking It really is a shame that we don't do commercial breaks on this show, because if we did, this would be the perfect time for one. This is the point where our time on our Zoom connection ran out, so we had to start again. So that's what we did as we head for part two. Okay, shall we we get back to the the whole podcasty thing? Um, and I can't remember what we were talking about. Where were we? <laughs> that is a very good point. I'm such a professional. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a memory like a sieve as well. It doesn't help. I should have taken some notes. Um, well, what makes this worse is that I was taking notes, but I wasn't taking notes at the end. <laughs> uh, where were we? I th- were we talking about the film list, choosing the films? Um, yeah, I was right. Yeah, you talk, you, we, we were talking about how you 
there'd been that element in the curating of the of the the the, the film program of um, you kind of picking the ones you liked. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah. So everybody had a favourite. Okay, okay. We can seg we, we can segue into a new question from there. Um. Okay, so one of the things that interests me about people who have a passion for things is how you got there. I mean, I, I've told it on the podcast before, so I won't go into it now, but I, I have a very specific origin story for how I got into comics. What was it that got you guys into horror? Because, you know, it's a minority genre, I think it's fair to say. It's, it's something that a lot of people shy away from. Uh, so what was it that that attracted you to that particular genre of, of film? And I, I don't know which one of you wants I'll, to... I'll go first then. Um, um, Gareth, go. So, right, so for me, um, you know, I, I'm a graphic designer by trade um, and I've wanted to do that since I was about five years old. So uh, the creative art side of things always kind of running my blood, I guess. Um and horror for me is one of the few genres where you can truly be completely creative, complete creative freedom. And because you, you're not always hindered by budget, where with sci-fi, you know, you can do some amazing things with sci-fi, there's amazing sci-fi stories. They quite often need a huge budget to pull off or for special effects and whatnot. Don't get me wrong, there's some amazing sci-fi stories out there that don't have huge space battles and whatnot in there. But but with horror, you know, just a bit of imagination and a camera, and, uh, you know, quite often it's what you can't see that's just as mm. creepy scary as what you can see and, and that side of creativity but how I got into the industry was my first year as a graphic designer I was working for a company down south and uh, the guy that owned the company at the time had a bit more money as there was floating around at that time and uh, was investing in small low budget horror movies uh, down in East Anglia and um, this guy, Adam Mason, his name is, he, he came into my office one day and said, hey, you know, put down all of this corporate rubbish that you're doing these data sheets and brochures for. Um, I've got something really cool. I wanted to come up with some concept artwork, some ideas that I've got and um, some posters and some um, DVD covers. And, but they were VHS covers at the time. <laughs> sound really old now. Um, Horror always so- looks better on VHS. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I, you know, and he walked out there with this little sort of spec sheet of what he was looking for. And I just started colouring in and uh, just coming up with all these ideas. And then he'd come back and we'd brainstorm other things. And he'd show me some of the treatments that he was writing and uh, these ideas of other bits and bobs that he was going for. Yeah, and, and I got into that. And then he introduced me to the guys down at Fright Fest, where uh, I went to as a regular for a long time, helping out so a little bit behind the scenes and then mostly drinking with the guys down there and uh, just having a lot of fun. And yeah, it's just, it's been absolutely fantastic industry to move in just because it allows me that creative freedom. Um, I don't think I'd get anywhere else. And then when we decided that we were going to do Dead Northern, it was, uh, you know, right, sit down here. It's, I've got no one to answer to but myself with the logo and and the branding and the, the animations that are, that are going to be going out. If you've seen any of them now, but um, there's some on Facebook and other social media like Instagram, uh, working on a couple of other animations that we'll have out there as well. So, 
yeah, I, I, I could waffle on for many hours about this as well. But we were trying to get Adam over here as well. He's done quite well for himself. I yeah, spoke to him uh, just before we started up the film festival, see how he was doing. He's uh, living out in Hollywood now, doing music videos for the like of Korn and Alice in Chains. And um, his next movie is being produced by Michael Bay. So wow. um, <laughs> yeah, uh, starring Demi Moore as well. He's, he's given us some stuff... Um, because of the music videos there's um we were going to do a section in a local bar just using all of the music videos that we've done because the submissions themselves were open for um music video as well as short movie uh, mm -hmm. obviously horror themed music videos which kind of gave it a bit of a rock vibe for the most part um because you know the two sort of go together quite well so what the plan was originally was to have the, all the music videos in one venue but that's something we i think we're definitely going to push and do in the future as well so yeah well fing fingers crossed you'll be able to do that in 2021 because uh, yeah. that sounds great so josh what what brought you to horror yeah so um we had a family friend um called rory mcleish who was like uh an artist was working on a few movies when I was a kid or when I was a teenager and uh, he ended up getting uh, a Hollywood gig. So went to go work on, I think it was Star Trek Nemesis, possibly. In the, oh, okay. in the, I'm trying to think which one it was, but he did one of the ships for that. So he left me his VHS collection and all the models that he painted through his kind of student years and all, basically everything he had in his house. He kind of shipped off, went to LA, left me with an epic VHS collection of the likes of The Thing, The Fly, Predator, oh, of, wow. which, of which he'd also painted some incredible models and left me with those as well. And it kind of just started a whole thing where I was like, this is amazing how I've never seen this before. And I think a lot of the horror movies made for the 80s were made for like teenage boys as well. It's kind mm -hmm. of like gore galore. As somebody who was a teenage boy in the 80s, oh yeah, they were. They absolutely were. So yeah, so and then it continued for that. I mean, as I was growing up in the 90s, I mean, not to say that there wasn't great horror films, but I think a lot of it was trying to copy the 80s badly, a lot of yeah, it, with yeah. the exception of stuff like Scream, where it was very much acknowledging what had happened before. And kind and so of saying, Scream was sort of rather beautifully pastiching the 80s horror, yes, horror I think. Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, so, so in, a, in a sense, you kind of inherited it. I did, yeah, exactly. And then, of course, I think what was coming out at the time, you know, you had stuff like Paranormal Activity and Saw, which were kind of genre-changing horror films that came out that kind of just continued my fascination with everything that was going on in the industry. And like Gareth says, it's, it's one of those ones when you look at the budgets for these horror films, it was like in the 80s, you didn't need a budget. You know, Tom Savini was out there doing, you know, Dawn of the Dead in the 70s where someone gets stabbed by a screwdriver, but it's literally just a straw painted silver with a handle on the end that retracts into itself and a bit of blood. You know, that yeah. cost a 50 piece of eight. Yeah, and it, I, I, that's something that I've always appreciated about horror is is that you can achieve quite a lot by being clever rather than by chucking money at it. Oh, I can't remember the name of the film. I haven't seen it for years. Um, but there's a, I think it's an Italian film, and it was so good that the director was actually accused of murder and prosecuted, as, as I recall. Oh, the Holocaust. Um, no, it was the one where there's a scene where people have been impaled on massive wooden spikes. Ah, yeah, um, I think that's what you mean. And uh, it's it looks so realistic that there's a scene where where someone it looks it looks as as though a woman's been had a spike rammed straight through and it's coming out of her mouth. Yeah, you know, there's blood and and it, it looks incredible. 
and the authorities refused to believe it was fake. Yeah. The, dire the, the director was prosecuted and he actually had to get the actress to come into court and show them how it was done. <laughs> and all, um, all it was was that it was a poll about yay, yay big, which she sat on with her hands behind her back. And then there was a, a spike that she put in her mouth with a pointy bit up and just tipped her head back and then just kind of balanced until she was aligned so that the, the piece of wood that was in her mouth was in alignment with the piece of wood she was sitting on. And that was the shot. And that's so simple. And you can cost... buy that like a, a kid's Halloween costume now where you get the, the, head, the kind of arrow going through the head. Yeah, it's, it's exactly the same principle. And, you know, that cost as much as the bit of wood and the fake blood cost. But it was an effect that was so, a practical effect that was so realistic. Yeah, you know, a guy was actually accused of murder because people didn't believe he could have got the shot any other way. And that's, you know, that's brilliant. I it's, mean, it's kind of the beauty of the 80s before kind of CGI came around is it was all practical effects. And some of it kind of looks better than what people have done now. Absolutely. I mean, I'm more of a sci-fi geek than I am a horror geek. But in both cases, I think, generally speaking, practical effects are vastly superior to anything you can do with CGI. And I'm kind of pleased, actually, that certainly in sci-fi and from what I've seen lately, also in horror, we're going, we're sort of moving back towards practical effects. And the CGI is beginning to be used more to take things out than to put things in. So, you know, it's 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 rubbing out the, the puppet strings and it's it's, it's yeah. removing the, the puppeteer, but it, it's no longer, you know, making the creature. Yes. Yeah. One of my favourite practical effects was seeing uh, Dark Crystal back on Netflix, which has sadly been cancelled, uh, I read this week. Yeah, very, very good about that. Yeah, uh, it's, it, it was one of my favourite films as a kid, um, yeah. and then seeing it coming out. I mean, Netflix is a season. Um, I've got young kids myself, and uh, I was so excited to show him, and then remembered why so many kids never watched it. <laughs> it was terrifying um, and they were terrified so I ended up having to watch it on my own which I didn't mind too much but yeah I think there's even a video game on that um, on the Xbox for that now as well which is, uh, looks quite good I think some sort of strategy game but but yeah sadly it's been it's been cancelled although the article that I read didn't explain why it had been cancelled but I think Netflix are quite um, well known for just randomly pulling the uh, yeah because they, they cancelled it about two days after it won the Emmy as well. It's like, I, yeah, I, it's unfathomable. But yeah, I, I, I very much enjoyed the practical effects in that. It was nice to see actual puppets. Oh, definitely. Um, the the other one that they cancelled that was a big favourite of mine was the um, the OA, which I've never watched, but people keep telling me I should. Yeah, it's 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 very surreal. It's uh, it's. it's but it's very cool it's very well made it's very well acted but yeah another one that got to two seasons and got cancelled um, which another, if I recall left on a bit of a cliffhanger as well which is always annoying when you know mm. when the end <laughs> yeah but I suppose that's as as a fandom that's where your imagination comes in I guess you get to to write your own ending oh definitely okay um, so where can people find out about what's going on and what times things are happening and how to get tickets and all that kind of thing um if you go to our website which is deadnorthern.co.uk uh, go to the events page and there's the full listing there of the schedule for the weekend um including more details on individual movies and you can click through and buy a ticket for any showings and as well we've got a vip pass which has been really popular so far which is amazing where people basically get a, a sofa for themselves for the weekend that's their sofa 
and you know they're in the cinema for the whole weekend including a few other bits of goodies that get included within that vip pass you get entries to all the showings for the weekend and you can kind of dip dip in and out as you see fit <laughs> nice i like that um and um, it's table you can even keep the sofa as well <laughs> after you've left if you want <laughs> wow so yeah it'll be table service as well so while you're sitting there the uh, the crown hotel have been kind enough to basically to keep social distancing and uh, everybody in their own little bubbles um that you just essentially you know, stick your hand up or we might get some little paddles or something and just hold up and uh, a waiter or a waitress will come over and take your order um the crown hotel is going to be putting food on obviously there's a fully licensed bar there as well so um you come along and have drinks and uh see what other snacks and or, or a full meal if you want that's amazing that sounds so, yeah, by abiding by the social rules um it's actually a kind of a great way to spend it who wouldn't want to sit on a sofa and have food and drink brought to them while they watch their favorite movies yeah i, I can't think of anybody who wouldn't want to do that <laughs> i really can't sounds great to me certainly so this is all happening over halloween weekend is that right yes yeah so it starts on uh, friday the 30th from 11 a.m Oh, and that's it. The first event uh, will be opening with the student shorts, which is a free event just to get some of these students out there, do what we can for them. But you can't just turn up because of the COVID rules. You still need to go through and book your seats online, although they're free. Uh, just essentially just need to take your name and number so that we know who you are and where you're going to be sitting and um, we keep everybody safe and abide okay. by the, the new laws. That's yeah, great. It's, it's worth saying as well that we'll obviously, similar to sort of, you know, the Odeon and the Everyman in town, those kind of cinema rules are that you'll be wearing a mask indoors until you're seated, essentially. Um, everyone's cool. going to abide by the, the two metre rules like anywhere else. Um, and there'll be sort of hand sanitizer points and all the rest of it, you know, as you'd expect, sort of just to follow all the guidelines to a T. Um, what we have, so we've sort of gone a step further as well in that you can only book within your household. So if you're booking tickets, you have to. It has to be from your own household. So you can be you and your partner, or you and your you and your brother that you live with, or yeah, you exactly. and your dad. But exactly. it can't be you and your mate Terry from across town. Exactly. Yeah. No, that makes perfect sense. And uh, but you, you and your mate Terry could buy separate seats, of course, and still go. Of course. <laughs> of course. Yes. And indeed, I would encourage Terry to do just that. Yes. Um, <laughs> but no, I, 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 I'm. One of the things that really impressed me, actually, is that you've managed to put this together in these times with all of the limitations that have, frankly, stopped so many things happening this year. You found a way to make it work without sort of being sod the rules. We're just going to do our thing about it. You're following the rules. You're making sure people are going to be safe. You're making sure the distancing is there and that everything's above board and fine and you're still enabling an event like this to happen there's a degree of imagination involved in that which is i'm really impressed by uh so i can only congratulate you for that i think that's brilliant no thank you very much um and now i've made you both blush um i think we will probably wrap this up here so um folks listening you need to get down to the dead northern website links in the show notes have a look at what's on offer book your tickets even the free ones please make sure you book don't just be turning up on the day because they won't let you in make sure you've got your mask suitably horror film themed would be great and uh it sounds like it's going to be a fantastic weekend 
so Gareth, who I called Paul earlier because I'm stupid, and Josh, thank you so much for joining us. Cheers, thank you. Thank you for having us. And so we're going to leave it there. That's the interview. Uh, just to reiterate, links are in the show notes at www.destinationvenus.co.uk. If you click on the um, blog button at the top left of the website page, at the home page, uh, that will take you to the blog section. You just need to look for the appropriate blog, which is called Dead Northern, and all the links you need are in there. I'm also including links to another festival that should be happening in Harrogate uh, in November, but isn't happening in Harrogate because the Harrogate Convention Centre is currently a Nightingale Hospital. Thought Bubble has gone online in 2020. It is completely free, and there's a link to the Thought Bubble website also in those very same show notes. And that is it. We will be back on podcast feed a week today. That's Wednesday, the 7th of October. Um, if I'd thought, I would have looked up what a week today is, but it's beyond my comprehension to figure that out right now. Um, so we'll be back a week today with an, another podcast. Uh, I'm not sure whether it'll be Doctor Who or Dungeons and Dragons or a mixture of the two. Uh, until we see you then, be kind to yourselves. Be kind to everybody else. Take care of yourselves until the next time we see you at the gate. Thank you for listening to the Geeks at the Gate podcast. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash geeks at the gate. Or contact us on Twitter at geeks at the gates. Or contact us by email on mail4geeksatthegates at gmail.com. That is the number four, not the word. Geeks at the Gates is a production of Venus Rising Media and is proudly made in Yorkshire.